from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We are starting this for the 12th time. (laughs) We've had several technical difficulties. We didn't post a show yesterday, but damn it, we are going to get this done if it kills me. So we've tried a couple times already. We're not going with our usual setup. Uh, We're using a program called Zencaster that somebody uh, um, recommended to me, and uh, we're in the middle of a trial of it. So I wanted to try it out and see how it works. And so today helping me out is my beautiful wife. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? We recorded a great 30 minutes, realized then that I did not have the uh, mother, not the motherboard, the soundboard uh, hooked up correctly. So we recorded it all with our internal uh, computer uh, mic, which you know will sound like we're on a cell phone. <laughs> we may release that at some point because there was some gold in there. I'm not going to lie. You were on. <laughs> we were talking about your Susan Sarandonness and all kinds oh, of great yeah. stuff. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. All kinds of really solid material. But here we are. Uh, so yesterday we had another difficulty with my usual setup, uh, my little digital recorder. Uh, the SD card crapped out and I bought a replacement for it and it's incompatible. So uh, we decided to try this instead, instead of trying to use a defective uh, card, but we had a great episode yesterday. We recorded with Jake, John and Patrick Uh, apologies. If you missed it, Justine wasn't able to record, but we reviewed uh, mean streets and duel two 1970s classics. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Patrick and Jake, a little underwhelmed, a little underwhelmed, uh, Patrick and Jake were, but that's okay. You know, some of these movies, uh, you know, they, they might not have been, they, they might have meant something in 1973. And then later on, you know, some movies don't age well. 1973 was a good year. It was a great year. It was a very good year. In the words of the chairman of the board, it was a very good year. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're back. Thank you. Thankfully to my, thanks to Thanks to my wife for being here and helping out. Of course. Uh, we wanted to re- record a little. We've actually been planning on recording a little something. Do you have the list? No. First of all, how are you? I'm great. We already went through this. Let's pretend like I haven't asked you that already. How, first of all, how are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I understand you got the J&J vaccine. And I the, did. Yeah. And this was before all of the Yeah, craziness. about a month out. So we're good to go. You're I'm good. You not feel, worried. You're feeling good? Yep. You look great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You of course are watching the uh, Dodger game behind me. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna expect you to have uh, constant updates. You okay. know what? You're better at Jake than multitasking because you've been watching the game the whole time. But when I called on you, bam, you were ready to go. I don't get that a lot. <laughs> I don't get that a lot on the regular show. So uh, it's nice to have that. Uh, happy Jackie Robinson Day. We said it once before. I'm a little hot. I'm peaking a little bit here. I'm gonna take my side down just a little bit. Uh, there we go. It coming in hot. Coming in hot. Oh, I came in hot today. <laughs> nope. Almost went to the Dodger nope. game today, thanks to my cousin. Uh, but I did not go. It is Jackie Robinson Day. I love it. Uh, one of the best days of the year. And uh, the Dodgers are still up three two right now. Three to two. Three to two. Bottom yep. of the fifth. One out. Nice. All right. Uh, Justin Turner with a three run jack. I saw. Yes. All right. Well. That's enough sports talk. All the nerds are starting to get antsy. <laughs> They're getting itchy. Yeah, they want us to talk about nerdy things. Uh, I don't remember what you're not watching anything with me. We just we finished WandaVision. Uh, did you give it? Every- We're watching Veep. 
we are watching Veep. We're going back and watching Veep. Great. I've never seen any of it, and I'm really enjoying it. Very fun. Yes. It is a good, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. You're really up on that mic better than I am. See, I got to be like right here. You sound good, though. It's because you got that cover thing, and you can't get all up in it. Yeah. It's nice, though. It keeps down the pops. Oh. Okay. The little windscreen. Uh, Yeah. Great, good stuff. You look great. Thanks. Uh, you know what? You know what was missing. What's what I'm sad about us not getting that. We we may put that out as a bonus. We'll just might throw that out there. Am I keeping you? If you can even hear it. Uh, you but you got live on the air. You got a new Dodgers jersey. I did. Yes. Very sad that that did not live on the podcast. <laughs> very very sad that that did not take. All right. So we have been watching. We're going to do a little version of the Digital Movie Club. Uh, oh, my gosh. Your delicious dinner is uh, <laughs> making a comeback. Um, that doesn't sound. Oh, man. You that's made, not a compliment. No, but um, it was already. I already had issues. I think I doubled up on my. I, uh, Again? Uh, double up. Uh, uh. I got to get the little pill thing back. I keep doubling up on my metformin, which means I'm super strong, which means I'm, like, not even diabetic right now. <laughs> I can, and you're not even smart either. <laughs> no, no, not in the least. Not in the least. Uh, I, I could probably go eat like a whole uh, pie. Oh, just a whole pie. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would I eat if I could there eat There is a- pie up there. No, no, no. But I need like one of my old school favorites, like a lemon oh. lemon meringue or like a- Oh, I was thinking if you could eat, like if you could have any food, like just kind of like a death row meal, but it wouldn't affect your diabetes in any way. Like, what would you have? Well, the thing is, you know, it's I can eat things in moderation. So, like, pizza I can have its thin crust, you know, that kind of stuff. So, it's not like I'm completely, because I'm low-level diabetic. Um, but uh, you know what I want sometimes that I cannot have? It's not food. Oh. Uh, sometimes I just want a big glass of orange juice. Oh, yeah, you, you oh, were a big OJ I, I just miss. Or a big glass of just fresh squeezed lemonade. That kind of stuff, or like a fifth of bourbon, just a fifth, a fifth of bourbon. Uh, no, I no, no. was thinking like the attacker or something. Um, I could probably make El Atacor work. Just eat like the around the like get the carnes out of the nachos and just eat the just eat the the meat and everything in there. Not eat the the chips. You can have a few chips in there, but uh, you know, in moderation, it's fine. But yeah, I would probably eat like there's just some stuff that's packed with sugar that I can't have. So. Mm. So I, while I was never a um, a huge uh, uh, um, sweets guy, now that I can't have sweets and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I miss that. I miss having that. So uh, I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind, and you hate it, but uh, uh, I wouldn't mind eating a sleeve of uh, Oreos with, some, with milk. Oh, God, that's <laughs> disgusting. Mm, cold milk, dunk them in there. No. If you were like us when you were when you were a kid, you were broke ass, and you we had the we had the Hydrox cookies. <laughs> Remember Hydrox yes. cookies? Yeah, that's where your broke ass. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've we've eaten our fair of share of Hydrox, but God bless them. A the smell of Oreo cookies is the most like it's just vile. Mm-hmm. And even before I was lactose intolerant, the thought of drinking a glass no, of you milk. No, the milk is just a medium to dunk the, yeah, but the Oreos all, in. It's on the cookie. Yeah, it's on the cookie. Mm, the cookie gets all soft. And- 
<laughs> not enjoying this conversation. Can we start over again? Uh, or For I would the just twenty seventh. You remember when when uh, when um, Reese's was selling those really thick peanut butter cups? It was just like one fat peanut butter. Yes, I would down one of those. Although the they do have good alternative. Um, uh, uh, the Russell Stover of all things, like the worst chocolate you could get for Valentine's day. They actually make good um, sugar-free candy. I remember eating my dad's sugar-free candy from the eighties. It tasted like marbles. Yeah. It same. Just, like yeah. my dad's grandma, my dad's mom. Uh, yeah. Her diabetic chocolate tasted like chalk. Yeah. It was like the worst thing ever. It's not good. Uh, they're doing these keto bars now. They're doing like keto. I find them at Costco once in a while. There's keto peanut butter cups and keto bars. Yeah. Whatever was in this. No, box. that was, those were my uh, oh. protein bars. Oh. But uh, yeah. Boy, oh boy. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Are yourself now? No, I want to, you know what I do want sometimes? I uh, 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 like uh, um, any kind of lemony cake, anything mm -hmm. with lemon. Lemony, something lemony, like a lemon angel food cake or lemon. Oh, mm, that's good stuff. Some, oh, you know what else? The You know what you used to, the, you haven't made in a while? Those those jello things. Those are delicious. I was just thinking, I wonder if I could make that with lemon jello. Yeah, why not? How about lemon cello? Lemon cello jello? No, lem <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lemon cello jello. Jello shots. Uh, How do we get to jello shots? Because you're just an alcoholic. Us. <laughs> You're an alcoholic. I said fifth of urban and I called you an alcoholic. Yeah, because uh, I want to do jello shots. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, but they, last time we did, what, what happens? We, you and I start with the jello shots and then what happens? Like, you know, we're doing body shots on the kitchen table. So we're telling our daughter, stay up there and finish your homework. Do not come down here. Mom and dad are doing important things. We're working on your birthday present. Yeah, body shots. So we're doing. Mm hmm. Um, we've never done never, that. In, never, our lives. Never in our lives. Have we ever even done jello shots together? No, I would never. I'm, mm -mm. I have, They're I did. awkward and weird, yeah. but it's not really a fun thing. I have two things. That, there's two things that prevent me from doing jello shots, uh, dignity and self-respect. <laughs> so I don't, uh. <laughs> yeah. So how are the Dodgers doing? You okay over there? Yeah. Uh oh, e uh oh. Why did I ending out? Uh oh, are we? Oh, okay. We had some guys on base. We had two on. They've been they've been having a little problem with runners in scoring position, but uh, it's okay. We're we're okay. winning games. Just keep winning. That's all uh, we need to do. I had my Brooklyn hat on, and I told you earlier on the uh, earlier podcast. I think it's shrinking because it's made of wool and it's all. Or your head is growing. Maybe my head is getting bigger. Your brain. <laughs> all that brain i've got that pack of chorizo again um, pick another hat yeah there's a lot in here i wore my one of my hats today which one i wore the dodger laker championship one. yes the one with the gaudy it's got the, yeah it's yes. a bit like gold and gaudy mm -hmm. and beautiful it's got the cholo font we don't care yeah what did people what did everybody say what did everybody say people look I mean, at nobody saw i was on a walk mm, in our mm. city yeah, you would just punch it. And nobody's going to come step to you around here with that hat on. No. They probably ran the other way when they saw Yeah, it. yeah. They probably think you're going to punch him in the <laughs> face. They're probably wondering why your eyebrows aren't sharpied in. Um, <laughs> you, we got to go. I want to go to a game soon and sit in those home run seats. Get 
get nachos. That guy got that guy's all over the news. Uh, you didn't see uh, Justin Turner hit a home run into these new seats called the home run seats. They're, they're right at the edge of the pavilion. The the home run fell into the nachos. The nachos dumped all over the pl- uh, the fan. He caught the ball. Later on, Justin Turner sent him replacement nachos. And then from the Dodger clubhouse, they gave him a, or from the, the store, they gave him a new uh, hoodie. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Those things are not cheap either. I would not mind sitting in those seats. But if anything comes, I, I'm I'm not attempting. I'm hiding. You used to play. Tell us what you used to do when you played. I cried because there was no one to talk to. Baseball. You used to play in the outfield. I used to play softball. They put me in the outfield and I just played because I wanted to sing songs in the dugout. (laughs) I didn't actually want to play softball. There was nothing about softball that sounded remotely fun, but I wanted to sing songs in the dugout and they stuck me out in the outfield and I cried because there was no one to talk to because I played in one of those stupid every girl plays league. Uh, Participation trophies. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, you I just I, wanted to sing. You and I are staunchly conservative, so we are not about <laughs> <laughs> we're not about those snowflakes getting participation trophies, are we? Yeah. So that's my sporting life. So did you get to sing the songs in the dugout? Well, yeah. What kind of songs? Do you remember? I them? don't remember any of them. Yeah. Have you ever been to a little girl yeah, softball game? Of course. You know, my nieces all played sports and the Yes, yeah, so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. You get to sing little songs, and that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I didn't want to watch my stupid brother. Sorry, brother. I didn't want to watch my stupid brother play stupid baseball when I was that age. I wanted to sit in a dugout and sing songs with other girls. So you only played one season? Yeah. What do you think you're batting at? Let's say play a season. Like We're getting real fast and loose. Let me ask you a question. What do you, if Zero? You had, if you had to guess your batting average. Zero? Really? Is that a number like that we can choose? You never got a hit? I don't remember. I don't think so. You would if you you would have remembered if you would have got a hit. You would that, that'd be. You something. could talk to my parents, but I, I'm sure that. What didn't if happen. all of a sudden you just jacked home runs? Like, <laughs> what if you're a little kid they cry in the outfield, but then you're just a beast at the, at the plate? Like that's you got the hand eye. You know what? I've watched you play video games. Knowing your hand eye, I'm gonna guess, and I hope I'm not insulting you. No, I'm gonna guess you you were whiffing a lot. Like you know, we have tennis courts where we live. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about like getting like rackets, especially for our child and I. And I just thought that's just. Oh, I would I would pay money to watch you guys do that. Like that's just a recipe for like peeing my pants because I'm giggling so hard yeah. because nobody's gonna hit anything. See, I'm gangly and awkward, and I've just I've got I'm really dorky looking when I try to play, but I can you know play racquetball and uh, you know I'm you know I can do things. I'm just not, I don't look very graceful when I do them, but I can, you know, I've played tennis before. I'm not great at it, but I think you. <laughs> I just can't even imagine having any. Let's get out there. Let's go to the courts. Any skill. Are they open again? Yeah. Let's get out there. We can go. Yeah, I'll embarrass myself we'll, in front of you. We'll We've been married up, yeah. for almost 20 years. Yeah, who cares? I don't care. Who cares? I'm going to put on this, but, but to Are walk. Are you going to wear the shorts? Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to wear the shortest shorts. I'm gonna pull up my socks, Michael Cooper style. Cool, just like in high school. And I'm gonna I'm gonna wear those. Uh, what are those? K Swiss. I'm gonna, gonna grow out the afro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow out my my 70s, my 80s Eric Estrada Latino mm-hmm. afro. Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm gonna do it. Obviously, 
Wow, I just got. I married it. I just got my first haircut, my first COVID Thank in a you year. Sweet baby Jesus. Oh my gosh, man, that is the only thing I was waiting for was a haircut, and not to say you didn't do it. You did a great job. I mean, my hair is a, a it's it's a beast, and you got in there and you tamed that beast. <laughs> Sometimes I put holes in it. It's okay. Who cares? I was COVID. Nobody cared. Who saw? Me. Nah. It was not great. I loved it. You did a great job. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, I got my first uh, pro haircut in over a year, and boy, it felt like a hundred bucks. Oh. <laughs> got the shampoo. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's the best part. They get in there with their nails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the nice thing is, lady who cuts my hair, shout out to Patricia, she'll go, she'll ask me, are you going back home? Because if not, I'll give you a rinse. I always say I'm not going home. (laughs) And then she rinses, then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the the hair. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to shower immediately. Sometimes, well, usually every every day, every time I get a haircut, I take a shower later on no matter what. But it's like if you have to go somewhere. Yeah. You do get those little collar hairs, but you just change your shirt and you're fine, you know. But uh, yeah, it was nice, man. Sitting in that chair, felt like a king. Oh my god! This is titillating conversation. I loved. I just, I just want everybody to know it was great. It was like ASMR Central. I don't have my. I forgot to charge my phone, so I don't have the list. Let's see what. Do you have the list? I mean, can you do it on the computer? I. We're gonna see. It's still recording. Still recording. Yeah, we're good. I can do it up here. All right. So uh, my wife and I, my beautiful wife and I have been, uh, a few months ago, we started doing, so this is going to be our little version of the Digital Movie Club. We started watching, uh, we, we're, we're subscribers to the Criterion channel because, yes, we're cut above uh, just your regular. It can't all be King Kong versus Godzilla, guys. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we started watching, um, uh, there was a, it started on um it started on uh criterion mm-hmm. and spilled over into our other uh movie uh uh streaming services but we started watching Cary Grant movies there was a thing called it was a feature called Cary Grant comedies and we watched all of the ones that were available on uh criterion channel i didn't watch some of them no you missed the only two you missed were the two that were the you missed two Mae West movies where Cary Grant yes. was a feature player, but not. Uh, but we watched all the ones where Cary Grant would have been considered the star or at least the co-star. And uh, we have the, I have a list of them here. And these are going to be uh, they're not in order, but I wrote them down. And let's just go. So we're going to review these. We're going to review these movies. Okay. I might need a little refresher on of some course. of them, but yeah. mm-hmm. we'll see. All right. So uh, one of the first ones, I think the first one we watched was, um, uh, let's see if I see what I remember. Oh, yeah. I put them down in order. Um, so in, yeah, I don't remember which one we watched first, but uh, the first one, we, the, the first one in order was Holiday. Holiday. Holiday was co-starring Catherine Hepburn, and what happens is what happened. Cary Grant is engaged to a young one. Cary Grant is a young, idealistic, very liberal character, and uh, he falls in love with a girl who ends up being from this 
fantastically rich family and they get engaged and she has a sister who is the black sheep of the family played by Catherine Hepburn, who is also, uh, she has no interest in money. She has no interest in the lifestyle that her family leads. Um, she is very much a free spirit and she and Cary Grant end up kind of falling in love, even though he is to be married to her sister. And, uh, does that ring a bell? Yes, it does. How was that one for you? I liked that one. I liked it more than the other. Which is bringing up baby. Yes. Um, she was less annoying in this. I know that's not the, I mean, they're Cary Grant movies, but um, she was far less annoying in this one. Her voice was, I don't, I don't want to call her shrill because I don't feel like she's shrill, but she just has a tone mm-hmm. in bringing up baby that I did not appreciate. Well, Catherine Hepburn tends to have a nasally quality to her voice. And then she was kind of, she was kind of whiny playing it up. Yeah. It just, it didn't anyways. Um, yeah. I like this one. I don't know. I guess maybe just being a 2021 perspective, I felt like she may have had some mental health issues that were alluded to that also kind of added to her woes quirkiness or her okay. individuality or what have you. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Was I thought that was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. How was Cary Grant? Very young, very young in this one. Younger, yeah, for younger, very early on in his career. So, um, so what would you rank that one? What you what would you give in Holiday? Hmm. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I, I'll say I'm going to say seven. Okay, but I reserve the right to come back and amend. Okay, yeah, that was about a seven for me. Uh, there were some nice moments. Uh, it's a very, um, very talky. Very, you can tell it was based on a play. Very talky. It takes place in like three rooms in this giant mansion, but very good. Cary Grant, uh, you know, very young Cary Grant. Yeah, very charismatic, and uh, you know. And uh, Catherine Hepburn's great in this one. Um, she's always good. It's just that voice sometimes can get yeah. a little. Um, and uh, you're always wondering how she, why she just doesn't eat a sandwich. All right. Uh, <laughs> next is bringing up baby, which is considered, you know, the probably the quintessential screwball comedy. Um, you like this better than I thought you would. I was, yeah. I was really worried that you were going to hate this. Uh, I did not hate it. Mm-hmm. I did not love it. Okay. I don't think I'd ever seek it out again. Okay. But I wouldn't leave the room if somebody was watching it. Okay. And that had mostly to do with uh, with Catherine Hepburn's voice. Yeah, me. mostly her voice, which I really hate to say. And again, it's not just like she was really putting it on, I felt like. Mm-hmm. There was just a an extra tone. I don't know. I can't put my finger on what was different between her voice and that and holiday. There is a character. There is a name for that type of character. That's called the manic pixie that kind of just a woman that's just like kind of flighty and just uh, like, you know, doesn't really make much sense. And she just comes in and kind of breezes in. Cause a lot of that stuff, like with the car, like, you know, when she's wrecking the car, she's he's, yeah. like, he's trying to tell her, that's my car. And she's like, Oh, what are you saying? Ah, yeah. You know? And uh, so there's that whole thing. It's, it's kind of a trope called the manic pixie. 
and uh, that's that's a that's a. It is the manic pixie dream girl. Yes. 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 So that is like a quintessential example of that. So if you don't like that type of character because you just don't understand nothing they do do makes sense. No. And so that can get very frustrating. And for me, part of the pain of watching that movie is how exasperated Cary Grant is. Poor Cary Grant just keeps getting put upon and put upon. Yeah. And uh, much like when your dad told uh, us that he didn't like meet the parents because he felt bad for Ben Stiller and how comfortable and awkward it was. You remember that? Yes. Um, I feel that way for Cary Grant in this movie, although I think he's hilarious. Yeah. I think he's good. And I think at times they make a good partner. They, it's a good partnership. Some of it's very funny, but it's just how much of that character can you take? Is yeah, really she's part. just extra in mm-hmm. this, and it's a little too much. All right, what do you what do you give that one? What do you give uh, Bringing Up Baby? I'm going to give it a 5.5. 5.5. Give it, I'll, I'll, I'll go a little higher. I will give it a 7 just because of Cary Grant and what like a lot of movies kind of take this template, and it influenced a lot of other movies, so I'm going to give it a higher ranking, but I don't disagree with you. She is tough to take in that one. Uh, the next was uh, Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town, if you don't remember, was um, um, the movie where he played a guy who was hiding out. He was he was he had been accused of starting a fire. Mm. He was a he was sort of a and he wh- hid in the attic. He hid in the attic, and then there was a very uh, distinguished professor who was living in the house. And he had to hide in the attic and pretend he was the gardener. And uh, they ended up, he wanted to go to the the law professor for help, but he knew the law professor was such a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? He was such a- um, Very upstanding. Very upstanding and would not, even though he saw, you know, his, even though he sympathized with him, not knowing it was him, he sympathized with his plight. His his devotion to the law would not allow him to- um, see any other way so this one's a little bit more there's there's some comedy in it but it's very much a um a political piece so what did you think of that one i liked it i'm trying to remember more how did it end uh the supreme court remember he gets on the court and then uh, yes they have that scene where he's walking out it's the reverse roman holiday yes Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, I do. I, I, I liked that one a lot. Like I liked the, the story Mm -hmm. very well acted. I felt like Ronald Coleman, Gene Arthur was fantastic as the the girl who runs the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked the trio of them together. They were good. All right. Uh, What would you give that one? I think I'm going to give that one to eight. Wow. Cause you didn't seem to like it that much when we watched it. I like it better than the other two. <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it up with a seven. All right, here we go. The next one uh, was uh bachelor in the Bobby Soxer. This is where um, we're halfway through the movie. I was like, is that Shirley Temple? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Start starring Shirley Temple and Myrna Loy, <laughs> the great Myrna Loy. I love Myrna Loy. Learner Loy. Myrna Loy is a judge who sentences. I forgot what he did. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Cary Grant is an, an artist again, and he goes to the school to speak to the kids, and uh, Shirley Temple's a teenager now, and she gets kind of smitten with him, 
and in a weird 1940s uh, twist. So she shows up at his apartment, falls asleep on his couch while he's out. He comes home, wakes up, uh, and then she wakes up as somebody comes over. They're like, what are you doing in this apartment with this underage girl? And then in something they would only do in the 1940s, uh, the girl's sister, who's a judge, assigns him, this girl that he got caught with in the apartment. Now he has to chaperone her places like that. Well, he's not chaperone. He's basically dating her. Yeah, it's weird because she's having like a mental break and they're like, oh, well, if it's not taboo or whatever, then she's not going to want you anymore so you need to be really into this relationship yeah it was weird with this girl yeah who's like 17 20 years younger like yeah 15 years i don't know it was weird no the whole yeah the whole thing was he had to reject her oh no 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 or what was he gonna do no he had to make himself unappealing to her so that she would break the crush is what the whole gist of the thing was which is so weird it was just weird that he yeah it was weird. And nothing, thankfully, nothing, I mean, it's the 40s, nothing inappropriate happens. And it is fun to see Cary Grant try to act like uh, this kind of like a teenager. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, it's a weird, the premise is weird. But again, you know, Cary Grant is, yeah, it was is uncomfortable. Al- always watching. Yeah. We were just like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, why is this? Why, what? But the competition y thing between him and the other guy, the, the boy who likes her. Yeah, no, wasn't there another? Oh, yeah, it was the boy who likes her. Yeah, it was just like, no, there was another older gentleman in it. Oh, it was the guy that liked Myrna Loy. Yeah, because yeah, that's what ends up happening is, of course, he falls from Myrna Loy. Because yeah. then they can't get married and be and build their dream house in the next movie we're gonna watch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 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 the, I forgot the guy's name. It was um, oh, he was a really famous actor. Um. Oh, I can't think of his name. Um, uh, Google. He was uh, famous, famous for something else. Um, oh, my God. Keep going. Keep telling us your thoughts. Um, See, so it just felt uncomfortable. Like, there were funny times. Like, I, I liked the competition between him and the other guy. Because, you know, they both actually wanted the judge yeah Myrna also Lord. i really liked that it was a female judge i don't know if that how common that was mm-hmm. but i like that in a movie of that time they had a prominent female judge so i thought that was cool it was rudy valley okay and rudy valley was famous in the 20s we're doing like do 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 do. He was like oh. one of those singers, like would sing through a megaphone. Oh Jesus! He was Louisa. very famous. Like that was I didn't know that was him until after we watched it. But he was very famous for that. that yeah, kind but of. I like the scenes with them being competitive against each other. Yes, where they kind of do the when you take out the, the weird teenage yeah. aspect. Yeah, um, I liked that part of it. Mm-hmm. Them being goofy and doing things. I did like when he was trying to just be as annoying as possible. To the grandfather who was like, yeah. this, who was the judge, and and uh, Cary Grant is doing this thing where uh, he um, he's trying to be like a teenager, like a teeny bopper, and he's just using all this slang, and he's yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, and then also, if you're a fan of Labyrinth, uh, the 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 man with the power, 
uh, you remind me of a man, what man, the man with the power. That's where that comes from. So that sequence is in here. Yeah. Um, so it's fun if you like Cary Grant, but just be warned. It's a little awkward and uncomfortable because you're like, what is happening here? Yeah. And by the way, let's just, let's just say Cary Grant wants nothing to do with this, this girl. Yes. He's doing everything he can to, you but he's know. just trying to stay out of jail or yeah. something like <laughs> it's just weird. They basically blackmail and blackmail him into dating her. Yeah. It's so weird for a prescribed period of time. Uh, what did you, so aside from the weird undertones, uh, what would you, yeah, like that storyline taken out, I would have liked to much, much more. Okay. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I'm about the same. It is awkward and uncomfortable, but uh, that being said, Shirley Temple, you know, only made a few movies as a, you know, a past her child. She did, she retired fairly young. Yeah. So she did this. She did a, a John Wayne movie, um, uh, which is she wore a yellow ribbon, which you watched part of. Yeah. Uh, with me shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, she only did a few movies where she was like a teenager. But she does a great job in it, and uh, you know it's, yeah, it's I fun. Mean, her part is she does well. But it's fun, but it is just awkward, and you're just like, what? This when, movie could never get made. When today. was this appropriate? When was this ever appropriate? It seems like it would be less appropriate back then. It seems like a plot of like an '80s movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like oh, they would have made that movie in that the '80s. Mix, mass, mix matched age thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next one I just mentioned was uh, Mr. Blanding builds his dream house. And uh, is this with Chinch? Th- no, that oh. is my favorite wife. Oh, my favorite wife is Chinch. But this one has the two daughters, right? This is Mr. Blanding's, where he they build a house in the country. It's basically the 1940s version of the Money Pit. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about that one. I mean, it was fun. Like it was a great movie. It was um, fun. There was one now. <laughs> yeah. Anytime my wife and I are going to tell you this, anytime there is a character of color in any movies of this era, we get real worried. We're automatically on edge. Like we're just like, <laughs> and then remember that in talk of the town, he actually had that. He actually had the Butler. His driver was black. His Butler, he had like, like his oh, valet. Yeah. and they had this really great relationship to the point where when he says, when he tells him he's thinking of getting married, the, the Butler starts crying and yeah. you're like, what was that I about? Was like, is he gay? What's yeah, going on? But, what I don't. Yeah, and you know that may have been implied, like the, you know that may have been implied that he liked him, or but um, that was actually one of the rare movies from this era where he's treated with dignity. You know, yeah. a person of color is treated with dignity and respect and opinion value. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, he he obviously felt his. Um, he obviously felt, uh, you know, um, uh, that his opinion had weight yes and he he was really seeking his opinion on certain things you know yeah he was a person who mattered mm-hmm. so we we were really that was another reason we were kind of yeah. like hey that's a nice surprise now in this movie <laughs> there is a character of, of a maid uh played by a black woman she's a little bit she leans toward stereo stereo she leans into she kind of brushed right up against stereotype uh behavior but she is respected and she's a part of the family. You yes. know, she's not, you know, they, they obviously, you know, feel the like children were sent to like help her. Yeah. Like make dinner and stuff. But she wasn't fully just a servant, but there is one problematic scene <laughs> where they're moving to the new house. Yes. And you and I both said the same thing. So they're, they're pulling like this little U-Haul trailer and in the U-Haul trailer is it's like an open. Yeah. Is trailer. the maid. Now, 
we both said the same thing at the same time. We both said if there if the white lawyer wasn't sitting next to her, yes, then we both would have just it's problematic. It's don't, already problematic. Don't get us wrong. But but it's slightly less. Yeah, because it's like they, you know you figure they were doing everything in one shot, and that's why they put the lawyer. If they had just been like, if he had been in the car, it sh- I would have just been like this. I, I yeah. yeah. But uh, that just be warned ahead of time. Yes. Um. Uh, luckily, you know, there's really no. I mean, well, I guess maybe with the um. Uh, because he plays an ad exec who is as has mental block. He can't. He has writer's block. And yes. so if you think about the ad they finally come up with, that kind of could border on, you know. Yeah. Maybe. But we'll see. We'll 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 let you decide. But uh that being said, uh it is a very much this is a the money pit was very much based on this movie. They buy a house in um supposed to be Connecticut. I found out it's in Malibu and it's still there. It's part of like a park. Really? Mm-hmm. The house okay. is still there. Um, cause they built a full house and now they use it at like Malibu state park as an office building. Oh, fun. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just the trials and tribulations of a, of a city couple trying to live out in the country and basically getting hoodwinked. It's every 60s sitcom. It's f- f- yeah. green acres, you know, all those shows. Uh, but I, you know, it's fun. And, uh, Cary Grant and Myrna Loy make a good team. Yeah. I think, um, what did you think of this one? I like, yeah, I liked this one. You know, we had those borderline moments. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Would would I, recommend? You know, if I feel like I'm remembering a high level of misogyny on his part. Yes, I remember you said that that was the problem. But Myrna Loy, there's a scene where she's trying to um, where she's trying to describe how she wants the house painted. And it's it, the colors descriptions. Yes, and it's very much you can kind of see if if you found out that um, that that's where Meg Ryan got the inspiration for her character in When Harry Met Sally. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be too much of a shock for me. Yeah. Um. So, what do you give Mr. Blandings? I'm gonna give Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. I'm going to give it a seven. You're going to give that one a seven? All right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's about a seven. That's good good material. The next one we watched was, uh, you know, this is an actress that I was not aware of um, until we started. I had heard of her, but um, until we started doing this, I hadn't seen a lot of her movies. It's actress by the name of, uh, oh, no. We we forgot we we missed one. Oh, we we you you mentioned Chinch. We we passed her when we did Talk of the Town. We went right past the great Irene Dunn, and uh, we missed a movie called My Favorite Wife. Yes, Cary Grant's wife is lost in a shipwreck. She joins an expedition. She's lost in a shipwreck. Um, she's lost for three years. Cary Grant finally gives up hope that she's ever going to be found, and he decides to get remarried. And is it the day he gets remarried? Or the day he's a yeah he's a, the day he gets married yeah his ex wife or his ex well still his wife shows up she she was rescued and uh, hilarity ensues <laughs> kind of and this is uh, this is a movie where uh, there's a, a kid named Chinch <laughs> that's that's what we remember a most girl a named little Chinch named Chinch they just call this little girl Chinch uh, 
Irene Dunn is fantastic in it. I, I really, I had not. Was did, she the first wife or the second she was wife? The, she was the shipwrecked wife. The first and uh, she she's in another great movie we started watching, but you fell asleep called The Awful Truth. Uh, that's a good one. But uh, what did you think of uh, My Favorite Wife? I liked it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you were a big Randolph Scott fan. Which one is he? He's the he's the guy that she was stuck on the island with. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they see him swimming in the pool yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's a great scene in there. Um Randall Scott was famous for Westerns and he and Cary Grant were roommates for, for a long time. Uh, when they first came out to Hollywood, they, they were roommates together, but there is a great scene where you see him like all like he's ripped and he's diving in the pool. And yeah. He's like, that's who you were shipwrecked with. There's a really great undertones. Uh, what did you think of that one? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I liked that one. And, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, it just felt like if he could have been, less spineless yes like he just couldn't tell the second wife yeah and it's like what are you gonna like you didn't do anything wrong she just happened to come home but he just couldn't if he could have just told her then you don't have a movie yeah but it was just all about him being like scared to Mm -hmm. tell the second wife it's very three's company it's very like one phone call will you know and the plot's resolved yes which is why you can't do that but uh, yeah, but yeah, it was cute. It was entertaining. It had a kid named Chinch. Yeah, they and then the, isn't there like a scene where doesn't she go to work for them? Doesn't she get hired as like the the first wife? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of very emotional because it's her kids, and you know there's some there's some some good moments in there. I yeah, because really... it takes a while to tell the kids too, mm-hmm. so they don't know who she is because yeah. they were so yet so little. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. All right, what do you give that one? I'm going to give that, I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. It was fun. I'm going to give that a seven. Although I did like Irene Dunn. All right. This is the first movie we watch. It's called Indiscreet. Indiscreet mm. with uh, the wonderful, uh, um, I almost said Ingmar Bergman, but that's not who I meant. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman. Uh uh, they so Cary Grant is a dude, very now. Now we're into the suave, sophisticated fifties and sixties Cary Grant, elder kind of, but very suave and color. very yeah. We're in color now, and he's very much the Cary Grant that everybody kind of imitates. You yes, know. he's the Cary Grant that uh, uh, Tony Curtis is imitating in Some Like It Hot, mm. pretty much. Um, very suave, sophisticated. He is a man who pretends to be married. So that he doesn't have to commit to uh, to women. So he's not married, mm. and then he enters into a relationship with an actress played by In- Ingrid Bergman. It's like a role within a role. They fall in love. She doesn't care that he's married, and then it turns out that she's mad when she finds out he's not married. And this is—he's been lying to her. Yeah, this is very much a. Um, it's not a ha-ha comedy, but it's a very light. It's not not a very serious movie. It's not movie. like drama film. No, no, no. It's a very light. But uh, you cannot deny the chemistry that uh, this is really where you see how much chemistry he has with a lot of his co-work, co-stars. Yes. You know? So this is where you really where you start to see and Ingrid Bergman always fantastic. Yeah. And not a lot of makeup on Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, I was Bergman. just going to say, like, she's stunning, but you could tell she was nearly barefaced. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was 
nice to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like, like, damn. And she's kind of a self-possessed. She knows what she wants, mm-hmm. uh, goes after it. Not in a, not in like a, you know, she's just a very self-possessed woman. So that's, she was kind of a refreshing character. Yeah. And she sets out to make him, you know, really when she finds out what he's been doing, she really puts him through the, through the ringer yeah. and a lot of gowns in this one. A lot yes, of gowns. There's going to be gowns. It's going to be gowns as to quote Mr. Science. What do you give indiscreet? I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a 7.5. 7.5. I'm going to go with a six uh, just because, you know, like I said, it's not funny. haha. It's very, so you have to, for me, if this is one of those movies you have to be in the mood. Mm. Like, I'm not just going to be like, hey, let's watch Indiscreet. But I'm glad we watched it together. Yes. You know? I mean, I did fall asleep. That's we had right. To pick it back That's up. That's right. That's right. But I wanted to pick it back up. I asked you to finish showing me. That's right. So. You did enjoy it. You did enjoy it. This was, this, I would see, and this is like a Roman holiday almost. Kind of, yeah. Not, not quite on that level of charm, but very, two very charming leads, mm-hmm. you know. Um, two pretty people mm-hmm, just being pretty. Uh, now I think we're gonna. This is, I'm gonna guess this is the movie that's gonna get the highest score, just, okay? Just, but uh, this is from the 1950s. Uh, this is a World War II comedy, <laughs> uh, about a pink submarine called Operation Petticoat, starring Cary Grant, a very young and according to my wife, very dreamy <laughs> Tony Curtis. But Cary Grant was also dreamy. Uh, yes, according to my wife, who at one point said, when they were both on the screen, you were like, "Look at this." <laughs> uh, so tell it. So Operation Redcoat is is uh, it's a they're at where they're in the Philippines, and uh, when the Japanese attack, submarines damaged, and now it has to limp to uh, to a repair station in Australia. And um, they bring on Tony Curtis, who is kind of a scrounger. He's kind of the James Garner character that uh, that, but he's not a Navy guy. He was like an admiral's. He was aide to the admiral's wife. Yes, <laughs> he had won like the rumba contest and all that <laughs> stuff. Very sophisticated guy, but he is a scrounger. He knows how to get get stuff. And it's very wacky, zany. You know, some of those comedies were in vogue for a while. World War II comedies. Um, and Cary Grant is just kind of this commander that's trying to run this submarine and then all of a sudden they have to take on nurses because their ship was or were, were they were on an island they were on an island they were on an island they got picked up so now there's nurses on board of nurses and a bunch of guys a bunch of sailors who haven't seen women in how i don't know how long and then whackiness ensues and uh it's fun it's blake edwards yeah. early blake edwards movie very fun nothing serious uh at all uh what did you think of this one yeah it was a lot of fun uh yeah, just like thing after thing after, you know, bad thing after bad thing happened and you think everything's going to go fine. And then, but it's like some of the things like when they're having Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think they're having New Christmas. Year's? Christmas on the- they're celebrating a meal on top of the submarine like you do. Mm-hmm. And they start to get bombed. So it's like thing after thing. But some of them are like frightening things like being bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It was really good. I liked all the characters, like the way the female characters interacted. Except there's one who's just way too, you know, it's like 
she's I mean, she's kind of ditzy, but it's like you're still in the military. Yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like these women had training. They were they were uh, they were I think they were waves or wax wax. I think is the army waves were no clue. Women's auxiliary corps it was the army. But yeah, they were trained. Yeah, they had training. So one of them is just a little too ditzy. Yeah. To be, um, but to be believable, but it's, it's a Blake Edwards movie. So. Yeah. But the other like females all added to like the men's knowledge. That's, that's true. Like they, they added actual like value other than their being female. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like the one that knew how to, um, she was in her dad was a mechanic. Yeah. So she knew how to like fix things. And the other, the guy didn't want anything to do with her ideas. Then all of a sudden he was like, this is genius. Like, yeah. this is amazing. So um, like they added value to. I was mistaken. This is not going to get the highest ranking because <laughs> I know which one's going to get the highest ranking. Uh, but uh, I will tell you when we get to that. Um, actually, there's two that could get a higher ranking. <laughs> um, what would he give this one? Operation Petticoat. What do you give? Which it? is funny because I guess he gets better with age. Who's that? Cary Grant. Well, he's different. I mean, by the time he he's doing this, by the time he gets to like North by Northwest, he's just sophisticated. I mean, he's just drift, drift, dripping sophistication. And uh, which is funny because I don't enjoy that movie. Which one? How do you not like that movie? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta watch it again. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. I don't like. Never mind. Which one do you don't? You I was like? thinking arsenic and old lace. Yeah, no, no. North by Northwest is uh, the Hitchcock one where he's on the run. We have, we didn't watch it. You've seen it. Have I seen it? Yeah, it's the one where he they end up on Mount Rushmore, and James Mason is the bad guy. I don't remember it, Mister Mister Thornhill. I want you to, and very you know who's in it. You know who's in it. A very young Martin Landau. <laughs> like Shirley Temple yeah yeah well, that'd be great yeah oh we, we should watch it if you've never seen it it's great I don't remember seeing it it's like the height of Cary Grant being Cary Grant hmm. and it's kind of one of the ones like charade where you realize oh there's a reason they wanted him to do the first James Bond movie yeah there's a reason that you know I mean looking back now it's kind of silly because he was already older but for like a one shot I mean the guy looks great in a tuxedo yeah. why not you know Put a he's, martini in his hand. Yeah, he's still athletic. You know, you see him doing a lot of. Put visit. some lovelies around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been good. Um, but uh, let's talk about. So, Wait. what are you going to give Operation Petticoat? What are you going to? I'm going to give Operation Petticoat an eight point five. Wow, I'm going to give it a seven. The one, the part that makes me laugh is when he's uh, auctioning off the uh, all of Tony Curtis's stuff to the Filipino guy who. <laughs> And that, that part makes me laugh because it just looks like he's really enjoying himself in that scene. Uh, there was a movie. This is the weirdest one we did. If you, you thought, if you thought Bachelor in the Bobby Soxer was weird, we watched a little movie called The Grass is Always Greener. The Grass is Greener with the great Robert Mitchum. And the last time you saw Robert Mitchum, he was chasing a slow little slow kid. Not slow. I mean, Get in the freaking boat, Sally, or yeah, whatever the hell Pearl, your name is. Yeah. That kid was like <sighs> slow as molasses. Jesus. She would not move. He was chasing these little kids in a rowboat. Singing uh, a song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was different in this one. He just, okay. So this movie is called The Grass is Greener and it's Deborah Carr and uh, K- 
Cary Grant, Cary Grant, and Deborah Carr are um, lords. They own a, they they own, they are manor born. Yeah, they are to the manor born, and they have a. But they're they're down on their luck, and they have to like open their home to tours. They have a stately home in Europe, in 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 England, and they have to open it up to tours. And then one day, uh, someone just barges into their the residential part of the of the house, and that someone is. Uh, Robert Mitchum. Within five minutes, he's kissing Cary Grant's wife. Uh, they have an affair, but they're British. Surprise, they're European. So Cary Grant knows about it, but has to pretend like he doesn't know and like it doesn't bother him. And then uh, hilarity ensues. And then the other, what was that? Oh, one. Act? What was her name in Jean, the movie? Jean Simmons uh, was um, was the friend, and she you found out she had she had been in love with Cary Grant before, but now they're all friends. Um, very uncomfortable, awkward situations. Yeah. But. I mean, it was entertaining, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was quite awkward. It was very awkward. Uh, my favorite part of this movie was just, uh, Gene Simmons. I've never seen her play that role. I know Gene Simmons as the wife of Spartacus and it's, you know, very much like a very role with a lot of dignity and, you know, kind of, and this one, she was just kind Do of you like, think we need to clarify that we're not talking about the guy from kiss. <laughs> uh, Gene, yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not talking about <laughs> Uh, 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 I understand you're kissing my husband. That's my Gene Simmons. <laughs> no free rides. No free rides. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not Gene Simmons was an actress, and she was uh, best known for uh, she. I think the, the wife of Spartacus by your favorite, but she was very famous. But in this one, she was very much a. We said that that role would have gone to like um, who did we say? We said she was very much like a um, almost like an Audrey Hepburnish. Kind of, uh, kind of, kind of, almost like a Holly Go Lightly kind of character. It's very funny. She, yeah. she was kind of, she was a good uh, addition, and she had some some killer wardrobe. Oh yeah, yeah. She was very very stylish. Um, Cary Grant gets to rock a lot of cardigans. And one thing we notice in all these movies, in nearly all of these movies, probably with the exception of Operation Petticoat, always in a robe. Always <laughs> there's one scene where he's in a robe. Uh, what did you give this one? It was weird. It was weird. I'm going to give it a seven. I uh, liked it. You go seven. That's high. Really? Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not mad at you. I'm going to give it a five just because I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I think maybe Gene Simmons might have saved this movie for me because she was just kooky. Yeah, she was like a kooky. We said uh, that would be the role that would be. I forgot. We named an actress and we're like, oh, she would have been perfect as uh, uh, who would have been. I don't remember, but it was. It was when you're watching it, you're like, oh, this was, I can't think of who it is. Another somebody 50s, 60s, like that era. Because uh, it's very much against her type, or at least what I'm used to seeing her in. Uh, very lovely woman, Gene Simmons. Um, the next one was a uh, little odd pairing, that touch of mink, uh, usually paired with Rock Hudson. Uh, Doris Day stars in this movie, where she basically plays the world's oldest virgin <laughs> and is trying to who's in love with Cary Grant, but trying, and he's he accidentally spills mud on her. His driver's driving him to, uh, through Manhattan, and he's an executive of some sort. And then uh, he splashes uh, mud on her on accident. Driver was in a hurry, and then he sends his he sees her going into the cafeteria across the street. Sends his assistant the over there. The weirdest cafeteria with windows. Oh yeah, it's a, it was a, an automat. It was called an automat. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had those. Yeah, where they would like real fill up the and uh, Gig Young. If you're not, if you're a fan of Gig Young, he's plays this really weird guy who 
who kind of, I guess he depends on him for his work, but he hates the fact that he has to depend on him. Yeah. Yeah. And so he kind of wants to see this guy go down and uh, she kind of, he brings her over and she's like, who do you think you are? And he loves that about her. And, but next thing you know, it's Cary Grant. So, you know, there's got to, He's flying her around the country. Yeah, he's or gonna whatever. he's gonna charm her way out of it. But you see the appeal of a Doris Day, very you know, kind of cu- you know, she's cute, and you know, I thought they had good chemistry, and I thought it was good that she was you know he was kind of this man of the world, and she was just very much very innocent. It's also great because you get um, Audrey Meadows as the best friend, which is a weird yeah. turn. It was she was older and kind of like it wasn't like a um, like a young kooky best friend. They were like two mature women who were just yeah, kind of on I, there. I was just going to say too, I felt like the Doris Day, the character in the movie was supposed to be younger than she was, was kind of the feeling I got. And, and then that the other girl was like the older friend, like yeah, the mentor. More of a mothering figure. I see of that. I see that. Yeah. I get that. So. What'd you think of this one? It was cute. Yeah. Are, do you, are you a fan of, do you have, did you see a lot of the Doris Day movies? No, I, that may be my first. Uh, the uh, I'll tell you what the the great thing about watching like the Pillow Talks and all the the, uh, the other ones I can't think of. Tony Randall, Tony Randall's always the mm. Rock Hudson's buddy. He's always in there. So oh, okay, uh, you get a, you get a young Tony Randall in there, and he he still looks like Tony Randall. So, uh, but yeah, the, I, this was fun. I had never seen it. Um, there's a there's a few movies from this era that I've never seen. There's another one called Monkey Business. I think that's Ginger Rogers and Marilyn Monroe in it hmm. with uh, Cary Grant. I've never seen that. But there's there's a bunch in this period that I was like, oh, these are great. I've never seen these. And listen, uh, Cary Grant to me is like a Jackie Chan. I'll watch him in pretty much anything just because he's usually fun to watch. And there's usually, they usually, he did a lot of lighter comedies yeah, and that, stuff. Yeah, I like that they were lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get him, don't get me wrong. He did a, some great movies with Hitchcock, very dark and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, this is like his bread and butter Just be the sophisticated guy. What did you think of a uh, touch of mink? What do you give that sucker? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I'm going to go five again. There were things I liked about it, but, uh, I probably never need to see it again. Yeah. Same. I probably never need to see it again. So. No, don't 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 judge me. Uh, oh, here we go. <clears throat> Another three run homer. Dang! Scores going back and forth, back and forth on the Dodger game. Uh, Dodgers are up now again. Six to five. Six to five. All right. Um, we have uh, this one. I don't know which one you're going to pick. The, uh, the first one is another World War II comedy. Cary Grant was just cranking these out by this time. Uh, this is a little gem called Father Goose. And we had seen it before and you forgot. Yeah, I don't remember, but I did really like this movie. Uh, Cary Grant and the beautiful Leslie Caron, uh, French actress. Uh, Cary Grant plays a kind of a, just kind of a guy who just kind of uh, dropped out of the world. He's living on the Pacific and then World War II comes barging in and he gets, uh, he gets stuck being a spotter for the Australian Royal Navy spotting um, living on an Island on his own uh, spotting uh, Japanese planes for the Royal Navy. And uh, these were, these actual guys that uh, this is an actual thing they did that I think it was 14 or 15 of them spread across like the South Pacific in the war. And uh, you know, it was a very dangerous job. You weren't 
really armed. You just lived on this island and they would drop you food and stuff occasionally. But uh, you were, if, you know, some Japanese you know, troops washed ashore, that was it. You were done. So um, <clears throat> what ends up happening, of course, is he is called to rescue uh, some, uh, to call, they lose contact with the other spotters. So he goes to the other island to try to find him. And then there he encounters a school teacher and her, her, her children, all female yeah, girls, school. all girls school. They were at the French embassy or something. Yeah. It was they, like the embassy workers, children. And they got dropped off on that Island. And uh, now Cary Grant has to take them back and take care of them for, uh, you know, however long. And, uh, you know, it's wacky situations. It's World War II. You know, there's some tense moments with, uh, you know, Japanese soldiers coming ashore to look for food and things like that. And then you get like a budding romance with uh, Cary Grant and uh, Leslie Caron. And, you know, at this point, Cary Grant w- was telling people, look, I'm too old to be falling in love with these younger women. Young women yeah. This one seemed mm-hmm. like it seemed a little more, maybe because she was European and she was French. It seemed like she was a little bit yeah, more, like, more sophisticated, more sophisticated and stuff like that. So it didn't seem as awkward. Yeah. As, uh, but I thought they had a good, and he story. also had like, he developed relationships with the girls. He developed trust with them. Like one of the girls that wasn't speaking eventually started talking to him. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it wasn't just, you know, even though he was like surly and stuff, he did care about. And what's great is this is really good because you get to see Cary Grant kind of be a jerk, which, you know, he's always this smooth, sophisticated character. And in this one, he gets to be kind of Where a jerk. He just wants to drink and mm-hmm. be alone and mm-hmm. not be bothered. And now he's got several female mm-hmm. <laughs> people to take care of. And yeah. uh, most of them are children. <laughs> There's a really great gag that he does in this one that I've never seen, uh, where he'll just repeat something and repeat something and repeat something, and then um, he'll just say the opposite, like uh, like it surprises him. Like uh, one of the kids thinks that a snake bit the teacher and it's a stick, and then so the kid brings the stick later on when they think the teacher's going to die, and he's like, that doesn't look like a snake. That's not a snake. It's not a snake. And then finally he goes, that looks like a snake. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> It's just funny. It's just the way he does it. I can't do it like Cary Grant, but yeah, really cute. You know, this yeah. is this is the kind of movie that would have been on the family film festival. Yeah. This would have been like houseboat, yours, mine, and ours with six, you get egg roll, the adults <laughs> with a bunch of kids. Oh, I forgot he's in houseboat with Sophia Loren. Forgot about that. Uh, let's, let's rate father goose. What did you give this one? I know. I don't know. I think I'm not going to judge you. I'm between an eight and a half and a nine. Okay. So I'm going to give it an eight and a half because I can't decide on the nine. Okay. I'm going to give it, I, I give it, I give it, this is a solid seven. I love it. It's funny. Makes yeah. Me laugh. I, I've always liked this movie. Uh, okay. And the last one, or oh, we actually did one more that I didn't make the list, but I'm going to, we'll go back to it. Um, Charade. Charade. With your favorite, Audrey yes. Hepburn. It's the second Hepburn that, uh, Yes, the better Hepper. The Cary Grant has been paired with. And a lot of people, we mentioned this on the podcast. We watched this a few weeks ago. A lot of people call this the best, the best Hitchcock movie Hitchcock never made. <laughs> uh, if you've never seen it, it's fun. A lot of twists and turns. A lot of, uh, it's a little bit of a mystery. And you're not quite sure which, which side Cary Grant's on. Um, but he and Audrey Hepburn have chemistry up the wazoo. Yeah. 
to spare. They just ooze. And this is another movie where he said, look, I can't, um, I just don't feel right. And uh, so they made it so that Audrey Hepburn is kind of pursuing him. Yes. But you again, you kind of, it doesn't feel like it's, like it's really. She's not a child. Yeah. It doesn't feel like She's it's. not. A, no. Shirley Temple. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a May, December, like quite, you know, like sometimes, but yeah. Know. Like, like September, December at this point. Yeah, like you know, Audrey Hepburn is just great in everything she does. And so, what did you think of this one? Had you you'd seen this before? No, I had not seen this. One oh, before. I thought you had seen this no, one before. I've not seen this before. Oh, so what um, did you think of Regina Lampert as a character? I yeah, I liked it. I think too. Um, I feel like she always has an air of sophistication, mm-hmm. and so. I think that's another reason why it didn't feel like he was like robbing the cradle. Mm -hmm. Like she felt like she had her own sophistication. Um, You know, she had been traveling and all that stuff. So Mm. it, yeah, I I liked this one a lot. Yeah. I like the two of them together. And this has a great cast of secondary characters. You have, Walter Matha, very young Walter Matha. Yeah, that was fun to see. And then you get uh, the sandwiches. Then you get to see a young James Coburn and and George Kennedy being these really bad guys, and uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of twists and turns. You're not quite sure, yeah, how it's going to end up until almost the very last scene. Uh, you don't you don't really know where which way it's going to go, and I don't want to spoil that for you. But yeah, it's a really fun. It's, this is directed by Stanley Donnan, who also directed Singing in the Rain, uh, and a bunch of other you know. He directed um, Cary Grant a lot in his later years. Uh, so, yeah, it's really fun. If you've never seen it, it's a good little spy, kind of spy through spy slash crime caper. Yeah. Shot in Paris. You know, everything's out on the, you know, things you, that that helps it feel like a yeah. kind of a kind of a James Bond caper, too. Uh, so what did you think of Charade? I'm going to give it a nine. You're going nine on charade. Okay. Wow. Okay. I thought Father Goose was going to get it, but it's I. It's hard to beat Audrey. I know it is hard to beat Audrey. I'm gonna give it. I think I gave it on the. Sorry, Jake. What did I give it on the podcast? I gave it an. Uh... If only we had Justine. Yeah. I don't think. I think I gave it an eight. Pretty sure I gave it an eight. That's where we're going to give it here. The Ocho. I gave Vertigo a nine. I know. I didn't write down mine. I had to give Vertigo an eight or nine. You ever seen Vertigo? Gotta watch it. We gotta watch it. I'll give Charade an eight. Yeah. I might have given it a nine on the show, but this is a different show. (laughs) And then we, one we didn't pick, we we didn't talk about uh, was uh, you hated it. My, uh, the front page. Front page. I'm sorry, not the front page. Uh, my his girl Friday. Oh, which is a uh, Rosalind Russell and uh, and uh, Karen Grant. Yes. No, Jane Russell. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I don't really like it either. It's a very lot of ratatat dialogue, um, and uh, it, it's very. If you're not ready for that kind of movie, it is it can be headache inducing. Yeah, it was exhausting. Howard Hawks uh, was famous for a lot of overlapping dialogue. Rosalind Russell, I'm sorry. I thought I think everybody in this in the movie's great, but be warned, it's a lot of very quick dialogue coming at you. Just there's no room to breathe. No. So if you're not ready for that kind of movie. I did like her character. Mm-hmm. Like she again, a stronger female character, which I like. 
Um, Cary Grant's a little smarmy in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's that the misogyny in this one was real thick too. If I remember correctly, you do get Ralph Bellamy in there as the, as the stooge. That's what he always played in all these. Yeah. The prime era of Ralph Bellamy playing stooges. Yeah, that's our little Cary Grant. We've been planning on doing that for a little while. There, so yeah. what do you give his girl Friday? You know, you know. Oh, I'm gonna give it a five. I'm gonna give it a five. I like it a little bit better than that. I, I give it a seven, but you got to be in the mood for that quick, quick, quick dialogue. There's some, yeah. there's some funny stuff where he they do reference a couple of things where uh, he mentions that Ralph Bellamy looks like Ralph Bellamy. <laughs> he says he looks like that guy in the movies. What's his name? Ralph Bellamy. And then he also mentions his own real name. Cary Grant was a pseudonym. He mentions Archie Leach. He says something mm, about Archie yeah. Leach in there. So there's some nice little references in there. And they're kind of doing kind of things where they're slightly, they're not quite breaking the fourth wall, but they're, you know, they're self-referential and it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So next, Nicole, I got exciting news. The Marx Brothers is all on Criterion Collection. So no. Enjoy that. No, 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 no. Together. No. Oh, yeah. No, no. No. I'm going to tell you one joke from a Marx Brothers movie. And if you don't laugh, <laughs> you don't have to watch it. All right. I don't want to watch them. Today, this morning, <laughs> I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How you got I had my pajamas? I'll never know. <laughs> See? Hilarious. Come on. Come on, Mrs. Claypool. Don't you see that I love you? You'll love them. No, I don't want to watch them. Don't you want to watch Harpo play the harp? No. What? Yeah. They, I'll tell you what. All the Marx Brothers, you know, you can tell when they were shot because you, you just want Groucho. That's all you want. Some Harpo and Chico and them running around and doing Chico? It, it, was, it wasn't. I used to say Chico. It's Chico because he was after the chicks. That's what they call them. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, you, you want all the Groucho because that's where the fun is. And Mark Dumont, but then they gotta. It's the it's the depression. So we gotta entertain. When are you gonna go see a harp concert? Never. So now Harpo's gonna, and it just brings everything to a grinding halt. Sounds like I made a smart decision to say no. No, no, no. You're gonna watch them. I'm not gonna watch them. Yes, you are. No. You don't want to hear the song "Hooray for Captain Spaulding," the African explorer. No. Did someone call me snorer? Hooray! 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 No. <sighs> You were watching one the other night, and I promptly fell back to sleep. Yes, I was watching uh, Great for Captain Spaulding. It's Animal Crackers, I believe. Uh, yeah, okay, you don't have to watch them. What are we going to watch next? I don't know. What were you watching last night? The Warriors. Watching it for the next... Uh... <laughs> it's like, this is the weirdest. What was wrong? Everybody in their matching outfit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Oh, my God. You've never seen The Warriors? No. Oh. I was like, it was like the... West Side Story. West Side Story on so, like crack. So the Warriors. Because there was like 50 different groups of people in matching outfits. Yeah, yeah. So it's all these. But maybe one of them had a hat. Oh, no, no. What's what's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So it's a story. It could be a really awesome movie. We made it today. So there's this guy, Cyrus. And he, Cyrus has this idea that he's going to unite all the gangs in New York. Because if they're united and they're not fighting for turf, they will have more people on the streets than the police or anybody else, they can basically run the city. So he invites 10 representatives from each of the gangs in New York to this park in uh, the Bronx. 
So the Warriors are from Coney Island. So they travel all the way from Coney Island to the Bronx. What do they wear? The Warriors wear uh, basically those 70s, those leather vests, you know, those like a biker vest, but no shirt, no shirt underneath. And then I think they wear jeans and like those, like the boots, the half boots. So it's kind of like, yeah. Oh, but here's the hilarious thing. So anyway, Cyrus gets shot and then they blame the person who shoots them. One of the warriors sees the guy shoot Cyrus, right? So there's this huge rally. There's like thousands of people at this rally. The cops show up and then in the, in the, in the ensuing chaos, the guy who shot Cyrus says, Hey, those, the warrior, he shot Cyrus, right? So now everybody, now there's like a vendetta out for the warriors. There's like a bounty out and they have to get all the way back to uh, Coney Island passing through all these different gang territories because now everybody's after them. So it could be like potentially like this really cool. But the thing is, the gangs are so goofy. Some of the gangs are so goofy. Some of them look, you know, like some of them. There was like red polo shirts or something. And then I saw some people in yellow and then there were guys like literally like it was just like. Did you see the mimes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think the mimes. I was like. (laughs) You have to watch it. I was like, what? Oh, my God. It's the best. But I'm also tired and just want to go back to sleep. We're going to watch it after the podcast. I was like, no, we're going to finish watching this Dodger game. Yeah. And then we're going to watch the war. I just saw the time. Oh, my gosh. What time is it? After our 27th start. We're going to wrap it up. Ooh. Yeah. What's the score on that game? Seven to five. Mm. Oh, Zachy's out for three. Um. Yeah. So that's the Warriors. You're gonna we're gonna watch it next week. It looked real, real weird. It's goofy. Is that for the podcast? That's where Hey Warriors come out to play is from. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what's from. It's it's worth. It's totally worth watching because it's no. There's no like. It's such a goofy movie that you have to. It's just like a popcorn fun. Uh, it's basically a comic book like. When it came out, people were like, ooh, you know, and now you watch it. It's so silly. You're like, what street gangs that have run around and mime? How are you? How is that a game? Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, what? It's like what somebody who's never. Was there seen- somebody in Cheetah or something like that? I don't or remember. Animal print? I don't remember. But what it is, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you watch Rumble in the Bronx and like Rumble in the Bronx, like, you know, these these guys from Hong Kong have no idea what. An American street yeah. gang would wear. So they're just all wearing all this. They're riding like dirt bikes and they're just all wearing like, <laughs> they're all wearing different clothes that are just kind of like, like they don't really look, they look more like 80s avant garde than, uh, yeah. than any kind of street gang. That's kind of the way it is. It's like, oh, obviously these people have no idea what a street gang uh, you know, looks like in New York, but it does have kind of, it gives it kind of like a weird escape from New York post apocalyptic feel because you're like, is this real? Like, are these people, you know, like, why are they dressed like that? So it's a goofy movie. I love it. I love it. So, you know, growing up in the eighties, the they're going to hate it. Uh, I feel, I don't even think John's going to like it. <laughs> I like it. Cause it's dumb. Cause everybody knows karate. So they all fight. Like, you know, they get in these street fights and everybody's doing karate. It's great. We'll watch it one day. You'll love it. Hey, warriors. You know, they would show you that scene, and that's very intense. So you think, oh, my God, this is going to be this gritty, you know, this gritty uh, take on, you know, street gang life. No, they're, they're all like, they look like different dance teams going at one another. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I got a real like West Side Story like vibe. Oh, like you, you, you missed out. You should have stayed awake. <laughs> I love it. All right, do we have anything else to talk about? We were going to talk about some games, uh, but we're running out of time. Do you have any? Uh, what, what's the taking a look over here? You and I played a lot of games during the pandemic. Uh, what do you think your favorite one was? Oh gosh, of all the pandemic, I can't know. Well, I'll tell you the new one that we. There's two new ones that we really will recommend. Uh, Parks. Parks, yeah. That Parks really is fantastic. Good. If you're a fan of Takedo, uh, which is a little kind of almost like a Zen game, Parks is a very Zen game about you're basically traveling through America's national parks and trying to do different things like take photographs or, you know, are you are you painting watercolor? No, you're not. No. But you're, you know, camping and doing all this stuff and you get points for doing different things. And the art on these yeah. cards is fantastic it's not a very deep game but it's fun um there's some strategy to it. it's very light strategy but it's just the art on those cards is tremendous and yeah, it's uh, like national park posters and mm-hmm. like really really pretty stuff it's a really really nice light strategy game it takes you someone could learn it in about 10 minutes it's a nice gateway game if you wanted to put something out on the table that looks nice a nice presentation uh, and then we found another game uh our friends over at shuffle and cut recommended another game to me that i just went wild with called um unmatched Mm -hmm. unmatched is a it basically takes all these public domain characters yeah uh and you pit them against one another it's a really easy two-player combat game there's no dice everything is card based um and the 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 base set comes with king arthur medusa alice and sinbad and they all have different power. Yeah, I thought the Invisible Man was in the base. No, no, that's Coblin Fog. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The set we really like is called Coblin Fog, and that one has um, Sherlock Holmes, uh, the Invisible Man, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and Dracula. Mm-hmm. And some of them will have uh, their henchmen, like Dracula has the three sisters, um, and uh, Holmes walks around with uh, Doctor Watson. And both of those can attack. And um, it's one-on-one combat on a very small map. Uh, again, it's all card-based. You can buy different expansions. And then you mix and match them. So there's like a Bruce Lee solo expansion. There's a, a Jurassic Park expansion that has the in-gen workers versus uh, Raptors. And then there's a Bigfoot expansion. <laughs> it's Bigfoot and uh, Robin Hood, I think. There's Beowulf and Red Riding Hood. So you can take, if you want to see... Uh, Bruce Lee fight the Invisible Man, that can happen. Or you want to see Sherlock Holmes try to outsmart some Velociraptors, you can mm-hmm. try to make it happen. So it's a lot of fun. It plays very quickly. Yeah, you can finish a match in about fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, not even that sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of strategy, and they're very much a uh, hey, take that kind of element to your hey, suck it. Hey, suck it. You can't do that move. But yeah. Uh, we really, we really dug that one. Um, those were some of the ones that we really liked. Uh, yeah. Pan Am was another good one. If you like Ticket to Ride, Pan Am is a great one. Yeah. Um, there's another uh, card game based game called Undaunted. Uh, that's a World War II uh, game. Uh, again, card based combat, which uh, which I tend to like better than dice. Takes some of the randomness out of it. I think. 
Um, but yeah, those are some nice, there's some good games out there. So now that uh, we're all getting vaccinated and we can start getting together soon, hopefully, um, we can uh, start having some game nights. Oh, we forgot. It's a wonderful world. It's a wonderful world is a very easy, uh, civilization, uh, building game that's, uh, played over the course of a few rounds Yeah, and it plays very quickly, very quickly, but there's some good strategy in there. So if you want the if you want a game that feels like a heavier game, uh, without you know three hours to spend on that game, yeah, and definitely like a good European game where you don't know till the end who's gonna win it. Yeah, it could like be you don't know if you're in or out. It could come down to one bonus, like you get yeah. one bonus. Uh, I think we the way I ended up winning that game, but you were out ahead first, yeah. and then I was able to kind of change my strategy halfway through and just kind of go. If you can, if you can kind of just go which whatever, whatever, I'm sorry, if you could go whichever way the cards are taking you, um, then, you know, and build yeah. your strategy that way, it works. So a little bit of luck, a little bit of strategy, mm-hmm. a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, Monica in my life, a little bit of uh, I've watched too much office. Uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you for helping out. Of course. We're sorry that the regular staff could not be here today, but uh my wife is always fun to hang out and talk to. She looks very tired right now. You're getting sleepy. I am. That's okay. I got. I still have to finish laundry. It's way past my bedtime. It is. You got to get up and get to bed. So uh, what we're going to do is we will see you kids next week. Hopefully, I will get this all recorded. And then if I can uh, salvage that earlier recording, I'll put it out as a bonus. A little, we had a nice little conversation. Uh, we might not get the whole thing because we didn't record it on the... We recorded it using the just the computer mic, so... We were talking. Into yeah, it. I don't know how much of me you're going to hear on that because I'm it, across the table. And it's also going to sound like we're in an echo chamber. So there's that. But anyway, thank you so much. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, no. All righty. <laughs> so for my wife, for myself, we will say uh, this transition ends now. Happy Jackie Robinson Day. Woo-hoo. And remember, unity. Unity.